What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Standpoint. You can take it or leave it. So following our trend of kind of exploring more growth topics, um, we've kind of gotten into the habit of interviewing, you know, models and influencers and people who are very commonly present now in social media to kind of share their growth experiences with us. But one um, profession that we don't really touch up on anymore is regarding athletes and so we thought it would be very fun to revisit the topic again today incorporating you know this old roots um idea of exploring more what's beneath the person rather than just looking at the achievements and so i have invited a very special guest to join me today if you would like to introduce yourself all right thanks for that Don. so yeah first and foremost thank you again for having me on your podcast you know, you know it's very exciting and i see i've seen how you guys have been working so hard on it and i think it's such a good initiative so hi everyone out there i'm mark Sabio, or you know formerly better known as patty Sabio by my um colleagues back in college so um uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm a former fencer and UAAP player um, in DLSU. Uh, we're known as the Lady Fencers. Um, so I played for my five whole years, my five UAAP oh, years. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, right now I'm already, I'm currently working and um, I work in the marketing and advertising industry. I've been here for maybe... Mm, no, a little more than two years. Um, what else? So I haven't gone back to fencing for a while, but this is just such a really fun way to, you know, like like you said earlier offline, to just reminisce because really like the last time I touched base on fencing was like back in 2020. And it was right after our UAAP, that was a Feb 2020 pandemic happened. So oh, we yeah. did, none of us got the, yeah, none of us got the closure that we needed. Didn't really get to say goodbye or anything. It was just like done, just like that. Yeah. Well, hopefully this serves as your kind of conclusion and closure in a way. I mean, you don't have to say goodbye, but it'll be nice to, mm-hmm. yeah, to remember all of these things that you had, especially since you said that you stopped right before COVID. Like, super gets. There are so many people our age and even people maybe a bit older younger than us who are finishing school we had all of these plans for what we wanted to do right after and because of the pandemic right Walana, everything got rewritten so mm-hmm. yeah for the thought that this is a, a nice little way to provide you with that closure that maybe you've been looking for for the past two years it's an honor on our mm-hmm. end we're very thankful that we get to do that for you okay so I guess the first thing that we want to know is, you know, where did this passion for being a fencer come from? Like, this is not a very common sport. When you think about sports, right, the first thing that will come to your mind is like basketball or football. Mm-hmm. Fencing is like, a, it's a very standout sport. It's not something that you see all the time. And I think that's what got us super excited about talking about this when we saw that there were people, you know, from Asal who had mutual friends with us who were kind of, in this space and have explored these experiences made it a bit more exciting to want to talk about so 
where did this passion come from? Like, were you like, oh, this this is sword. That's so cool. I wanna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I've told this story a couple of times. It's just a very random, like, uh, so this was back in grade school. So we would used to have this homework where our, you know, teacher would give us this word, just 10 words, and then you'd have to look for it in the dictionary and then write the definition down. And I had one of those dictionaries that had the pictures on it. So I was browsing and then I saw a picture of a fencer. So I was just really like, oh, what, what is this about? Uh, it was the Olympics or SEA Games, I think. Um, and it was playing on TV. So I kind of connected both together. And I asked my dad, I, want, I wanted to try it. Because it just looks so cool. It looks so different. You know, I've never seen I wanted to try something. It was either, you know, archery or this new thing I, I, I see. So from there, he brought me to um, Philippine Sports Commission, which is uh, also known as Ultra. And there's a fencing hall there. Literally just walked in, found the first coach we saw, who's a former coach of um, UP. And then just, yeah, off the bat, I was in jeans pa. Um, I tried the you know the form, the basics, and then from there it's just the rest is history. Just on-off relationship with fencing up until college, where it got a bit more serious. That's pretty cool that you kind of had this passion as a kid, and then you were able to explore it like a god. not something that like you had to wait a long time to kind of get into. And what more? But like, fencing is so eye-catching. When you see people with the sabers, you're like, oh, I want to be a part of that. And it, it's so cool that even at a young age, you had a passion for something like that. Like, even to con- be considering archery, like, archery is really big now as a sport. There are people who are, you know, so much younger than us who I see, like, competing in, like, all of the clubs and all of that. So that that's pretty cool. So I can only imagine, like, from an audience perspective, not really knowing the true like the true dynamic of competitions and all of that in fencing. But um, what were your training experiences like, like, as well as the competitions? And if you can remember, what was your most memorable match? Maybe one like finals level that you were like, okay, I have to beat this person, but I'm not sure if I can. And then you had a victory moment at the end, something like that. Yeah. Well, I, I guess in terms of training experience, I'll just talk about what happened during uh, college. So our coaches were also national team coaches, right? And then there were two, basically there were two training places. There was the one in Ultra, the Fencing Hall, where all the um, national team players would go to or like the different universities would train there because they had this, we, we need this special floor. It's called a PIST. It's a metal floor. Um, that you train on. So, um, you know, the first three years of my college, I think we didn't have that in DLSU. So eventually, LaSalle bought, I think, one, one or two, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were able to train full-time in, um, in, in the sports complex. So trainings would usually look like, you know, start every other day, but then as the UAAP, which is our, you know, priority competition, would come closer. Um, you know, trainings would get a little bit crazy. It would be every day, twice to thrice a day. <laughs> um, and then just lot. really long hours. So 
And then that was pretty rough. And then I think towards, yeah, that's a lot. And then towards the tail end of my, um, you know, fencing, my last couple of years, I think that's, for me, that was really different because um, our coaches were flying out, you know, different countries and they were bringing new training styles in. Mm-hmm. We even had um, some training training camps. We would have, um, you know, a Korean coach come and train us and then we kind of adapt some of the um, conditionings from them. So it's pretty tough. Like we would do, I would say this to my friends now, they wouldn't believe me. We'd be doing 400 squats. And that was just like oh. nothing. <laughs> now That's I do lot. like five. I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. So training was pretty tough, especially on the legs. Um, we didn't really do as much gym. Yeah. 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 Because in fencing, you would have to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fencing, you'd have to do a lot of lunges. Um, so we have to really, really be strong on the legs. Okay. So going on to the second question. So what was the most memorable match for me? Uh, it's definitely the last one. That was the best one. And it was um, such a uh, his- historical moment for DLSC, wow. at least for fencing <laughs> women's. Yeah, because it was the first time I think we ever got gold for our specific, um, specific category, which was women's spoil. Because there are different weapons for fencing, yeah. So mm-hmm. for us, um, you know, it was it was my last year, so I was just like, might yeah, as well it's all or nothing. Uh, That's the... it was all or nothing. Yeah, really. <laughs> I think my weakness, really, on my fencing career was myself. It was just an inner battle of my hesitations. Um, I think there's really no room for hesitations anymore, and I think that's mm-hmm. where I performed the best. Um. And yeah, so results really showed our women's team. We got the gold. And it was just such a special moment for all of us since we worked really hard in it. And it was just years in the making. Um, and then it was also a really close fight. You know, if, if you want to see the video, I think I have a very, I don't know why we only have one video and it's just like 10 seconds long. But you see how... You know that just one point. I think I think it was just you know a three point difference maybe, um, and then we eventually won, and everyone was just jumping and crying because it's just just very special moment for everyone. You know, um, especially if, when you're in a team, it's just mm-hmm. big, so much bigger than just a win because your teammates, you know, they've grown with you and they've seen how you struggle not only physically but like mentally, emotionally, how they have yeah, you throughout sure. the years grow and be there for you. And for them to see you um, achieve something that you've worked really hard for, um, it's very special for everyone. So I think that was the best. And I was so happy because it was my last. Um, and then a lot of us already left after that. So it was just, you know, a bit of pandemic, you know, exit area. Now what a great way to end, though. I mean, yeah. it's been like a movie magic moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm so curious, though. What does it feel like when, when like, someone lands a touch. I've always been so curious about that. I know there's like a guard mm. right, on the edge of the saber just so that you can't hurt anyone. But when you score a point, like what does it feel like to get yeah. like poked by? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. There are different 
weapons kasi for fencing. So, there are different mm-hmm. types of players. There, there, basically, there's just three. Okay, so for the one you're talking about, the saber, um, it's more of, ano eh, parang hampasan, mm. playing. Uh, and then the other one, uh, the other two rather, has buttons at the end, right? So it's okay. more of a, like a jabbing motion, more of like a stabbing motion rather than a, like slashing. Saber is slashing it, okay? You can just imagine that. Yeah, I'm imagining someone like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slashing, right? It's slashing. Saber is slashing, and then, uh, well, my weapon, it's called foil. So that's the one that's like kind of poking, poking mm-hmm. motion, but like a lot harder. So the feeling that you get is like, sometimes it hurts. So sometimes it feels like a punch. So oh, really? us fencers, we usually have a lot of bruises on our arms. Mm. Yeah, and it depends who you play with. So if you're playing against like really in our team um when during training when we train with the guys like, i'll train with the guys so some of our guys are really strong and you mm-hmm. know yeah. they get serious within the game or sometimes they get pick on um uh sometimes you can it can really hurt you know yung jabs or like the 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 touches as we call it it can get uh, painful um And then of course we have the uniform that protects us for women uh, well guys also we have the chest plate um but yeah kind of feels like a centralized punch <laughs> i can imagine yeah. someone like damn the drive force of that i <laughs> know must be pretty <laughs> okay that's interesting i've always been so curious because obviously when you see it like on tv it mm. just seems so quick but you kind of wonder if you're the person that's getting like touched right like how does it feel interesting to know that some of them feel like punches because i would never have thought like obviously everyone used to play with swords as kids right when you make mm. like <laughs> when you're playing right but mm. you never imagine that something's gonna feel like that strong and good to know that it, it's kind of realistic ish yeah okay and then the the sword naman mismo it's a bit uh it's bendy in some way Yeah. So it absorbs the impact. So it's not just like a blunt metal rod, right? Okay, so it really like it bends talaga. So you it feel bend, it, like... it bends. Okay. Yeah. yeah, if it was straight, like it doesn't move talaga. That would be painful. That would hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> this is where it's gonna get kind of recollection vibesy. We're gonna go, you know, a bit deeper into not just you know the profession of being like a, a former fencer but also you know how it affected you as a person and i guess the next question is how did being in this field being a fencer affect your relationship with your family with your friends and being able to balance other priorities at the same time like i know your training probably took up a lot of the day but you have school pa you have your social life right you have your family so what is it like balancing all of that at the same time Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, it's a challenge that a lot of athletes face to balance everything out. Um, but of course, number one, you have to know your uh, priorities. And then you also have to understand how, how much you can actually handle. Personally, you know, I was one of, I was really someone who wanted to do it all. But I kind of had to ground myself and understand that I can't chew more than I can swallow, right? 
So mm -hmm. that's where you learn how to prioritize things. Uh, when it comes to studies, it's very important, of course, that you maintain your studies well. Um, and especially if you're in, um, you know, there's this connotation when you're an athlete and you're in a group, right? So I really want to encourage others that, you know, especially if you're in a group, you know, showcase, um, you know, bring something good to the table, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. It's a bit more strategic. Like I would study smarter versus study harder. Such a cliche thing to say, but um, usually, you know, I would be more strategic about how, how I would study or how I would listen in class, pick up the ones that are important. Um, this is hack I did with like readings because I was in CLA that time. So College of Liberal mm -hmm. Arts, we do a lot of reading. So what I would do is I would get my friends or my group mates and I would tell them that, okay, let's split the reading off. And then he would go to a Google Doc to summarize each page of whatever our part. So instead of reading like, you know, 70 pages, you'd just be reading about 10, right? So, you know, work, mm -hmm. work, you know, work a bit smarter. Um, so that helped me a lot with studies, that I wasn't too stressed. Uh, when it comes to family, they were just very understanding. Um, and then, uh, you know, they, they kind of just let me, let me be and kind of understood that it was something I was passionate about and something that I wanted to do. Uh, definitely be there for those important moments yeah for um, sure a lot of people, yeah a lot of people in college know this but like uh, one of um i love being an ate to my siblings um so just really make sure that you know you're there for them because uh there are a lot of moments that you don't want to miss right yeah for sure um social life you know social life is it really depends on who you are, but then like your teammates kind of also, you know, become your social circle. They kind of become your friends. Uh, and then outside of them, uh, personally, I, I wasn't really as much. Like I, I'm the type of person because it was like just a couple of close friends. I wasn't mm -hmm. really the type to go out as much. So it was my teammates who really became social circle yeah yeah that's really cool that your family kind of gave you the freedom to be in control of you know everything that you were doing because that really shows that they trust your decision making and that you know they're just generally very supportive that they understand that this is something that you make decisions for on your own you know and that they can see that you're maturing through the sport that you were so invested in for such a long time right it's really great that you have that support system to back you, even with your friends. I know being an athlete, it's kind of tough. If you don't have, you know, a support system behind you, right? To have friends and family kind of encouraging you to continue doing what you're doing. Because, yeah, the training and everything, the competitions and all of that, it takes up a lot of your time. And it really is difficult to kind of find that balance. Which is why we really have big respect like, to you guys as athletes for being able to do this and to do everything else on the side. Like us as normal people, we complain about, you know, not having time for certain things. And then here you guys are people who have committed to this, you know, <laughs> rigorous process for this sport. That, you know, it's not 
yeah, they're not only representing themselves, they're representing like the school also and everything. And so we really have massive respect for like for for all of you athletes. Of course. <laughs> so aside from you know all of these these um skills that you kind of learn to be able to balance all of your priorities together, like what did you learn about yourself from being a fencer and you know from being part of a sports team in general? Like if you were able to look at where you were when you started. Like you remember when you started everything. Like, how have you seen yourself grow since then? So, if I were to give someone who's just starting off in college any advice, is to create those, you know, really good memories. Something that you can look back on, like when you get out of college and say, you know, you have all of these new stories and special stories to share. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I look back on my years as an athlete, I was just very grateful for all of those just beyond the training, beyond the um, competitions or any of the medals. I don't, I barely remember the medals that I, the, or the wins that I was able to get. It was more of really the special moments with my teammates. Those are the ones that I remember the most. Um, the second one is what did I learn about myself? I think this is just a bit more of the must drama rama part but okay yeah so this one is really personal like a uh i think i mentioned it earlier already from when i started um because for me because i was very physically skill wise Mm -hmm. uh, i I feel like i had a lot of potential and i was not bad you know um and my coaches would always say that you really have um, you have it. What you have what it takes. Your skills are there. Um, not saying that you know I, I was the best yet, oh. but then like I had yeah. really good potential. But where I felt really, you know, really whatever dragged me down was really um, my. It was my mindset. It was just uh, collab. That what they say is like yung kalaban mo is yung sarili mo. Yeah. I was just my own worst enemy. It was just my hesitations, my second guesses, my overthinking, um, you know, thinking about other people, uh, focusing so much on um, uh, what do you call this? Like a, uh, not disappointing others or wanting to um, win. But then, you know, I wasn't really... My headspace was just medyo kalat talaga. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it didn't take me just quick enough. Like as soon as I realized what I was doing wrong, it didn't take me just, you know, a week to figure things out. It took me years. Because it's such yeah, a I'm sure personal it takes time thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's such a personal thing in that you have to, um, my coaches will always say like, lakasan mo kasi yung loob mo. Like have, paano ba yun sa English? Um, uh, be more confident. More yeah, be more confident. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or I think <laughs> confidence and have more conviction, I guess. Okay, yeah. Or have more courage or something yeah. like that. Trying to believe in yourself better. more. Yeah. Yes, believe in myself yeah. more. Because I would be matapang, I would be strong, but then mm-hmm. like it wouldn't still be there and my coaches could see. Yeah. Um, yeah, And so it took me years and I was just so, so glad that I was able to 
you know, at least by the end of my career, my very last competition, uh, which is, was, again, the most memorable one. Yeah, I'm sure. All of that build-up now, understanding. <laughs> yeah. For sure, it was such a big deal when you were there on the map. Like, mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. So my coaches were like, um, they were like, yan yung tapang na hinahanap namin for years. Yes, there's your character yeah. development. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I was just really happy about that. And, you know, it, it's something that's deeply personal that I can take, you know, not just, it doesn't stay with fencing. Like, now when I'm at work, right, I kind of, I'm able to recall that whole journey of personal yeah, growth. Sure. And, understand where what my weakness is and it was just all along like myself man my self-doubt um and it's different when you really identify the problem yeah you know know how it feels like to overcome it not saying now you know it's a linear journey i'm forever overcome it oh yeah it's just like yeah sometimes you fall back again then but you you know you you know how to get back out now (laughs) yeah Yeah. well good for you for being able to realize all of that and Super happy to hear that you've been able to bring that with you past, you know, your fencing career and now onto your, you know, your work and everything. It's a really good mm. value that you're able to discover. And yeah, those kinds of things I understand. Like I'm a huge overthinker. That's like my worst, my worst trait, right? I'm always scared of like you know, disappointing mm-hmm. other people. But there are some points yeah. in life where you really have to prioritize yourself eh, as hard as it may be. Because how are you gonna be able to function for other people if you can't function well for yourself first mm-hmm. i agree i agree yeah and good for you for being able to <clears throat> realize it you know this not i mean not among this early in life because yeah i mean we're we're not like kids anymore but it there it this kind of thing takes people like maybe years and years and years to, like, to be able to accept i think acceptance is really the key. That's where your confidence starts from. Eh? You have to accept yourself mm-hmm. first in order to believe in yourself more. And good for you for being able to, you know, to realize it through this, you know, sport that you're able to be passionate about for so long. And I guess just for our last question, I'm, so usually we we do the boring generic, like, oh, if like what advice do you have to offer people? But kind of through this whole show, you've already you know, given bits of advice here and there. And um, just so that, you know, just to give you the proper conclusion to um, this closure that you've been looking for, for this um, this passion that you've had for so long and you were deprived of because of COVID. How did it feel to be able to represent the university the way that you did while doing something that you were so passionate about? First off, it's just such a great honor to you know, be able to represent such a, you know, prestigious and great university like the Sal. Um, and not everyone gets to do it, right? Yeah. Um, but then it takes a lot of responsibility as well. Uh, you know, they have the saying back in the sports office, um, we take care of if I recall correctly, we take care of the logo up front, which is like LaSalle University represent the logo up front. Um, but then in turn, of course, the university 
um, and everyone who's supporting us will take care of our names at the back, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so to do that, and of course with the sport that I love, it's just such a, it's just, I don't know what else to say. It's just such an honor and I just feel so grateful for having that opportunity. And uh, I just really encourage others if, you know, to those doors are open for you. It's not limited to um, those who had skills back in high school or those who already are good since they were young. There's always an opportunity, especially to get into sports um, and definitely give back to the university. So um, moving out of, not moving out, but graduating and being <laughs> apart, uh, you know, apart from like away from that space already, I think like I've gotten closer through fencing. I, I was able to, uh, you know, build relationships with like the brothers of La Salle, our, um, our admin in the sports office. And then it's just become really such a home to go to. Um, and I don't know if it's the same for everyone. Like, um, obviously the sports complex was my home. Yeah. Um, just Tambayan, Tulugan, <laughs> study area, hangout area. Um, and I just miss it a lot. Like I was biking a couple of weeks ago and I really wanted to pass by just to see it. Uh, so yeah, definitely it was just such a really amazing experience. And um, I feel like, you know, everyone should also have a chance to um, look for and do something like that. Love it. It it really feels talaga like you're writing the end of your <laughs> of your journey in in this world that you're so immersed in for so oh, long. Like that whole you I know just... the whole epilogue scene where you bike past the sports complex just to see it, oh. and then you're watching like the new the new generation of lady fencers, right? It's such a it's a movie moment. Damn. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I really I really do compare like people's yeah. lives to movies talaga because why do people not deserve to get Happy endings like that, right? You, we all do. We just need to work for it. That's the oh, only way that yeah. it's gonna end up happy. And I just seeing you talking this way about something that you haven't ventured in in two years, and yet you still remember mm -hmm. everything so clearly. What you've learned, the people you met, like it really shows the level of passion and commitment that you put into it. And that's really what we love to see, right? People just being happy, pursuing what they love, what what gets them excited about life and yeah props to you for you know sticking with it for so long and you know you're gonna carry this with you forever that you're uh you're right the one that you're an athlete for la salle like what the heck that you competed in you <laughs> yeah. right what an achievement yeah <laughs> <laughs> great stories to tell and, yeah, I yeah i think like i forgot but i'd like to do a shout out one of the perks of being this podcast. So, yes, you know, quick shout out lang to, of course, my fencing family, my fencing um, teammates, whether you're still in the team or I don't know, some already like uh, graduated already. Um, definitely our coaches who worked so 
transparency and endlessly to you know help us grow not only in fencing but um, to grow as individuals as well you know they're, they're kind of like our second dads um, and of course lastly is the sports office they're taking taking care of us um, so well end to end um, just making sure that uh, we're all good happy and you know okay so yeah and shout a shout out to everyone because I, I miss them a lot I haven't, I haven't seen them <laughs> since the pandemic yeah they're gonna watch this for sure when it comes out <laughs> they're gonna watch this when they oh, see you <laughs> <laughs> now oh, when you search your I name you it's like it. on Spotify. <laughs> um is there any you know you want to you want to plug any of your socials before we end? Like, this is the part where we ask the guests. They want, you know, you want people to follow you and whatever platform. Like, <laughs> uh, well, you guys, if you're interested in following me, that I'm not forcing you, but you can follow me on Instagram. So my <laughs> nice. IG handle is at marchisabio. Um, yeah, and then for anything like gaming, so my in-game name is marchachita. So I do play some Apex uh, oh. Valorant. If you want Mobile Legends game also. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys you know, are interested. Um, yeah. Damn, that's all so right. cool. Jack of all trades pala. <laughs> Gaming plus like, I, want, I wanted to do everything. Eh? <laughs> that's so cool. Good for you for being able to explore that. And COVID is honestly the perfect time to get into gaming. Like everyone was was gaming, mm-hmm. so that was a great like low key therapy, I guess, to take your mind also everything that was happening. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, that was pretty you know, cool. that's a whole separate long conversation. Oh yeah, so, yeah, like, we could yeah, <laughs> off track. Up. You know, if, off yeah off track. Don, if you want to talk about gaming and <laughs> about stuff, gaming. like I'm game to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an no. It's in my line of work also. Like, uh, yeah, I work in advertising and marketing. But then I'm also handling like this. Um, we're doing this gaming thing, Ooh. so yeah, I, I I'm up in that space right now. Anything gaming, metaverse, you wanna, you know, bring someone in for that. I'm done to do that. <laughs> All right, we'll keep that in the books for sure. We're always looking for new things to talk about. So, noted. Okay, um, thank you again for being on the show. Honestly, I've learned so much, even if I, I was an offender. Like, just as a person, if I was listening to this TED talk that you've given, um, <laughs> I would honestly be like, holy shit, there's so much growth. Honestly, it's so, it's so amazing to see that no matter what, you know, walk of life you chose, there's still growth potential in everything that you do. And that's what we love to see, right? Like, you know, the more, the more you grow, the more you live. So... It's great to see that even after all these years, you're still so excited to talk about and reminisce. And hopefully now we were able to give you the the closure that you were looking for (laughs) before COVID kind of just cut everything short, of course. And yeah, to everyone who's been watching and supporting, really appreciate it. We hope that you guys learned something. This has been another episode of The Screw Up Standpoint. Again, you can take it or leave it. And we will see you guys in the next episode.